What is up? Welcome to the American Peloton. I am Jonathan Crane. I'm a mediocre Cat 2 cyclist out of Birmingham, Alabama. And I'm Ben, head coach at Skyway Cycling and team director at Skyway, presented by Domestique Coffee. We have a really cool guest on uh, today, uh, Will Harden. He is He has been on Product Echelon the past two years. I actually know him through collegiate racing. Uh, we met at my first ever collegiate race. He was on Lee's McRae. And I was uh, racing for Kennesaw State at the time, racing mountain bikes in the B category and went through all of collegiate racing together. And now Will is kicking ass in the uh, American Peloton. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, I'm stoked to chat with you guys. It's been a while since we did collegiate racing. So it's very, very far away from the B's in mountain bike. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, we've... Uh, um, referred heavily to your youtube videos uh, a lot this year there are a lot of things that were not broadcast that you had really good uh youtube like breakdowns of a lot of the crits and stuff so i would encourage everybody to go check out your youtube channel um a lot of good stuff on there i'm i love that i'm seeing some cross content too we'll, we'll get back to that later sounds good but yeah, yeah cross yeah. cross is the most fun but uh totally Crit, it's crits the best, will do for sure. Yeah, yeah. For it's sure. the best discipline of cycling. I I will die on that hill. Um, <laughs> so, like, speaking of that, there is a race that uh, part part of my beef with it is that it encroaches on cro cross season. The uh, Legion of LA, the Crit Championship. You ju you just got back from that. It looks like you're back, right? Yeah. That race yeah, was I yesterday, actually, though. Yeah, I flew in. I, I probably got back like two or three hours ago from my flight, which got auto upgraded to first class for like 40 there bucks. Man, there we go. Yeah. That was the biggest win of the year actually. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the crit championships was really fun. Um, the course was narrow, which was unexpected. So it actually <laughs> led to really cool pack dynamics, but it's a good race. Yeah, I saw there was one, so there was no like official stream, but uh, Corey was like live streaming from his helmet. So I did watch a good bit. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I kind of scrubbed through that um, a little bit today. And yeah, there was one section of the course that was like super duper narrow where you were just in a bus lane. But you're saying you liked that because it was stringing everybody out or. Yeah, with, with Gateway, that was kind of my last memory of a, a true four corner crit. And Gateway, you can just move up whenever. Like it does not cost you anything. You just follow the swarm and. That is not my favorite kind of racing. Like you can you can do endurance watts for the entire race and still still win, you know. Right. Um, right. Or you could be sending it at like your FTP for the hour and lose tragically. But Right. Right. And you're um, you're kind of a small guy like me, so there's like not those races where bigger dudes can kind of just sit at the back and then go nuclear at some point is like the worst case scenario for for me, I don't know. Is it? Do you feel the same way on that? Like you want a little bit harder of a course to thin the herd a bit. Yeah, I just the way I like to race is usually pretty on off. Having same. having more selective stuff is more enjoyable for me. Um, whereas, yeah, just kind of waiting around for a sprint is it's not my cup of tea most of the time. Yeah, I yeah. think there's like ten guys in the country who like a non-selective race, like. <laughs> I think everyone else is like, please let there be a hill or like a chicane or something, you know. I'm not even entirely sure they like it all that much. They're just like, they know how to do it, you know. Right, I, that's fair. It's It could be really fun, but it's only fun for like four laps, you know. That's when right. it's, you know, yeah. 
That's what I always say about heat is heat is like, I don't enjoy it, but I do better in it, I guess, because I do all of my training in Alabama. So like there's some other guys, like the really type A guys that like nail all of their training that usually be, they're better than me. Like they kind of fall apart in the heat and I'm like, I roll with it a little better. It's it's one of those type of things. Um, I saw you posted a crash. So let's get into this this race. Oh. There was at least one crash early. I saw another crash from Corey's perspective. What? Tell us about that. How did it go? Yeah, that first crash was that. So point sprints every 12 laps, and then those go towards a team competition at the end. So 12 laps in, halfway through, 12 laps to go, end a race. All those points go together to give you a team competition. So they're actually, and there's an individual competition as well. So a lot of smaller races inside the race to make the dynamics a little more exciting and it did because the first point sprint some dude on i think it was like the the denver team that legion had elected which is like 5 280 some dude attacked over the top of the peloton and i was i was thinking about doing the same thing like a one lap flyer to get the points and Mm -hmm. i'm glad i saw him do it because he sent the first two corners really hard and on that second corner he skidded out and the way the course was designed there are traffic dividers like cement traffic dividers um that you're gonna you know pretty much run into if you go through the fence like the fence will will slow you down a little bit but on the exit of that corner there he he clipped a pedal lost control and then kept it up for a long time without having like his feet or his butt on the saddle, you know, it's just like, he was only connected through his handlebars for a good few (laughs) seconds and yeah, hit the fence and then hip straight to that cement barricade and then just went over it. I have no idea how he's doing, but it looked like that, that crash. And then there was another one in the last five that I saw from Corey's perspective, but it looked like they were both like just one guy overcooked it. And there weren't, um, there weren't any like big stack ups, which is good. Yeah, that was really nice. I I've seen too many of those this year. It's not not a very yeah. enjoyable experience. I think the the crash probably that was on Corey's camera was Monk going down in the last oh, right, man, right before yeah. the last corner, mm-hmm. which he hit it. He hit the deck going really fast, and we were we were out that night, and he just has a little scratch on his elbow. <laughs> That's it. Like we're going thirty five miles an hour, man. I don't know how you did that, but it was impressive. Yeah, wild. Oh, he's man. he's a tough guy. I he did notice. Indeed. So speaking of Monk, I noticed uh, one of the good things I think about this race is the sort of like uniform jersey looks with the numbers printed on the back. I think that's like pretty obvious win and something that like a lot of series have been looking to move towards recently. Um, but. I didn't think about this until I saw Monk and Luke Lamperti out there. No one was wearing any like national champ stuff, national champ bands. I wonder if this series, like going forward, if they would account. I assume they were doing these runs of jerseys like pretty quickly, so maybe they didn't have time to do like, you know, a design for every team plus another, you know, national champion, state champion, all that stuff. But it's also like this is not USA Cycling, right? Like I don't know. <laughs> So maybe that plays into it too. I think that's probably the biggest deal about it. Uh, you know, there's no national champion in basketball or football. 
Um, I think they're trying to stick to that kind of franchise model that most fans are going to understand. So if you have two dudes and stars and stripes, it's going to be even more confusing than cycling already is to the average person on the streets of St. Petersburg, Florida, you know? Right. I will say, I mean, in races I've been at, even like when Justin has been there, whoever is like the current national champion, I always, part of like how this channel happened is I, I would always be at some crit and hear random people walk up and they're wondering how it works. And I'm just start answering their questions. And like, I like talking about it. So I'll just stand there and talk with randos for 20 or 30 minutes. But one thing they would always understand is I could be like, you see that guy in the American flag Jersey, he's the national champion. And they'd be like, Oh cool. I have someone to watch now. Like it's hard for people to pick out. Uh, there was someone who knew one of the Texas roadhouse riders, like a, a, real life friend who is not a cycling person who had come to one of the crits in Georgia this year. And she heard me talking about it and was like, Hey, I'm looking for my friend. Can you point him out? And like every lap I was having to be like, uh, he's in this kit, but he's, he's the one in the yellow shoes. So like, and I was, (laughs) it's just hard to like differentiate. So, uh, I, maybe the big numbers solve that. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm not entirely certain what the best way of going about that is. My mom always wants me to have a different colored bike. Like I can't make that happen. I wish I could. You, uh, <laughs> right. You you know Will Will Sites, right? Were you guys on yeah. a team together at the same time? He always would run the uh like uh traffic cone orange uh the uh Abus like aero helmet, so it's just like a big orange oval on his head. Even when it clashed with his kit, but it made him really easy to pick out. Yeah, so yeah. that's one. It does way to help do for it. mom. Does yeah, help for, for mom. sure. <laughs> so I didn't oh, realize yeah. there was like a points element to this race, though. So it's like halfway between sort of like an NCL format and like an ACC format. So do those points go into a bucket, and that's what decides like the actual podium? Is there like an individual race winner and then an individual points winner, or yeah. are the points the whole thing? There are both. Yeah, there are both. It's not the full. Um, NCL format it's yeah it's more of a a hybrid format where there is a team competition um, and a points competition as well and they they both go together Uh, so yeah there is still that team aspect and I think the prize money was spread pretty evenly over the team part and the like overall winner part which was pretty cool The, the race was a lot different as far as race dynamics go than I've seen, especially from all these guys who are used to riding as a team together, but mm-hmm. it's an unfamiliar format. So it was it was yeah. a lot of fun to see, and especially this time of year where everybody's like, I don't really know where my fitness is at. I know right. I came in. I, I was like, <laughs> I'm four weeks off a of broken collarbone and still have broken ribs. And I'm like, I'll give it a go. Like, you know, I, right. <laughs> it's October. Let's have some fun. And it was. It was. So... So you're saying the dynamics were different, different in what way? Like we love to get into the weeds on this show. So let's just jump straight into it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I've actually watched a little bit of Corey's video today, just trying to see what he saw too. Cause mm-hmm. the way I was racing, it was kind of going off the front as much as I could sending attacks when it lulled or even when it wasn't lulling, which hurt. Um, the finish straight was kind of a, a tailwind. So it was fast. And then the, uh, the other side was more of a headwind, but between the first and second and the third and fourth corners, it's really short. So they're kind of strung together. You're not really going to pedal much in there. Um, 
and you're not really going to attack in there. So it's really all done on the straights. And then there's a lot of straight before the finish line coming out of that last that's, corner. That's something Ben and I were talking about. Um, I will say it's not as much of a Legion course as, as I thought it was looking at the um, looking at the course like profile or whatever. Because in my mind, like a Legion course is, it's a big rectangle. It will be wider than this, which is the, the factor that I was surprised at how narrow it was. Um, I'm sure they would have made it wider if they had the real estate to do so, but or that that would be my guess. But it also, it doesn't have any hills, which is, you know, a, a Legion course. But the big factor that I don't think I've heard anyone talk about is Legion, all of their sprint guys have like a long sprint. They're not as like big acceleration. So they love a like really far from corner four to the finish rectangle course. The curveball the curveball here is yeah, Luke Lamperty is on one of the Legion teams. So Yeah. Was like, he guesting or what was that? <laughs> I mean, it's it's not a USAC race, so like there's no guest riding. You're just like right. you're racing your bike. Um he was with Tyler Williams on the actual Legion team. Um so I think Corey was on that team too. Um yeah, I don't entirely remember how they split it up, but they had like the dream team as well, which was like essentially the other component of Legion. So Carpenter and um, Justin were on that team and Alec Cohen were on that team and Kyle Murphy. And they actually did race against each other, which I thought was fun. Uh, but oh, and Edder was on the the Legion team as well. They were both super strong teams. Every team in this race was strong enough to compete and actually have a presence, which doesn't happen in most races that the fact yeah. of it being invitational really like cuts out the randos who are racing on their own because you all have a team and it's equal size. Right. And I think that actually makes the racing a lot safer in a way where you can predict the strategy a lot more and you can see because the jerseys are such different colors, what teams are in the breakaway. Like there's no Jersey that looks the same and it's a lot yeah. less yeah. confusion and we didn't even have radios, so right. I wasn't confused for most of the race. Like I just knew where my guys were and who were in the break, um, which is really cool and, and kind of a clean way of racing, like a pure way of racing rather. Um, but yeah, because everybody had a team, the yeah the dynamics was it was awesome. Like people would attack, and then you'd see a different color and just go for it. it was yeah, it felt very pure in in like the essence of racing, which. I didn't come into this race expecting. I kind of expected, yeah, kind of a Legion race where kind of what the Lions Den was. But I, I honestly do think that the course, they were fine with it too. Like they, I think they all enjoyed racing on the course because 60 guys on a narrow course is a lot different than 150 guys on a narrow course. So yeah, for sure. I think the, the big field sizes definitely contributed to a lot of those pileups we were talking about earlier. Like there were, there were a lot of races that were, oversold i think versus what those courses could hold capacity wise yeah and it's funny and when you were talking about that you kind of backed up something i've been saying all season long with the big field sizes is that if it's going to be like a pro race like your acc pro race or like you should have to be on like an acc team to get in like you can't be like a random cat one because then you're really only at 80 guys which makes that right. race a whole lot safer with like actual teams and then instead of doing a two three, you do a one two and a three four, and that would make that would make the racing a lot more safe. So it's interesting to hear you kind of say something along those lines as well. 
That's a yeah. take that you're definitely been going to get uh, some flack from guys that I race with all the time, but not me because a lot of those guys want to just pop in and do like one ACC race a year or whatever. But I, I actually can... want, I want those races to be like, I want those guys to, to not be allowed to do that because then my fields are better in the, the whatever mm-hmm. the, the one, two that is non pro. Like, I want all those guys who are like jobbers and like, like that's, that's the level, you know, and there needs to be a cleaner split because too many people like want to fool around in the big race. And in my mind, it's like, I get plenty of opportunities to like race, you know, Ty Magner and like a lot of these guys, but you just go to the local race and that's, you're actually going to be able to be a factor there too, because you're not just going to get blown out the back immediately or like crash someone else because you're in the way. Yeah, and, I, sorry. I, and if you wanna, and if you wanna come for me on that statement, you all know where to find me. All my profiles <laughs> are public. I'm happy to have the conversation because I'm right, and you all know it. And sorry, yeah, go do, ahead, do it in the comments. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I really do think there's like a place for that to happen. Um, I don't. I, I wouldn't want all races to be in that format. Like I would still want to race with budding cat ones because a lot of those guys are super strong you know you got yeah a bunch of dudes i mean even luke lamperty's young you know um it it takes time to go up through those ranks and if you don't have connections to get a guest ride on a team it's like there's only so many ways you can actually make an impact on the sport but Yeah. yeah i think for certain for certain things having that invitational format is really cool um especially yeah. when there's like more money on the line i think that's when it becomes more of a haymaker situation right um, which yeah. is kind of like the old days of racing where there's like a 100k prize and you've got 200 dudes racing in downtown charlotte or whatever you know it's mm-hmm. like well yeah this yeah. is gonna be bad at some point <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right yeah i think the way to like split the hairs there is like if it's one of these big series races that's where it's mm-hmm. it's you know divided but then if it's like yeah. a snake alley or something something that's like a high level race but it's a one-off those are the ones where like you know the, these kind of like rando cat ones you know that's your shot get in there and, and mix it up and show yourself but also exactly. get out of the way when it's time for tulsa let's like not stack you know 20 guys in every corner i think that's just tulsa actually that uh that's what you signed <laughs> I think up that's for unavo- unavoidable <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not that I've ever been, because I, you know, for that haven't reason. been allowed to. Yeah, yeah, probably for that yeah. reason. <laughs> <laughs> that might be wise. Yeah, no, I've never been either, but I always follow it. And every time I've thought about doing it, then I find a video of the two race and see a bunch of guys I know like breaking their collarbones and go like, yeah, I probably would have been right behind him. So it's for the best, I guess. It's it's legendary now, though. It's almost. I mean, I guess it has been legendary for a long time yeah. with Crybaby Hill and stuff, but now, it's now we crucible. have content. Yeah. yeah, and it's kind of overtaking Athens as the Super Bowl of crits too, which is scary to think about because Athens is near and dear to our hearts being in the southeast, but yeah, Tulsa's be, becoming the crit. I would agree with that. There are certain teams trying to make it the crit, and I don't disagree with their motivations to make it the crit because it seems like a pretty easy one to you know get content out of yeah i mean there, right. there's a lot of different types of racing in that 
but it's also I would not want to do Blue Dome. No, no. yeah. <laughs> I'm just not interested. No. It's funny because it's like people seem to be paying attention to it because of Crybaby Hill, but Blue Dome has all, like, it, it's like a rising tide's like floated all boats or whatever. So like kind of the other two races have become equally known just because they're also Tulsa or whatever, but yeah. Crybaby Hill was kind of the hook for a long time. Um, So... This is getting to something we talk about a lot on this show, which is like the sort of road race versus crit thing. And on Project Echelon this year, you did a lot of stage racing. Do you like prefer stage racing? Do you prefer crits? Or are you kind of just like wherever wherever there's a good race, like I kind of don't care what it is? I, I'm kind of shifting now that I've done some YouTube videos at Intelli. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know how to approach making content for a, you know, a road race. Although I definitely, I think I prefer racing road races just from the raw, you have to train a lot more mm -hmm. thing of it. And you're kind of pushing the human body and the bicycle to, you know, the limit of what it can do as far as being an endurance sport. Uh, not that right. a 70 minute race isn't an endurance effort. It's just obviously very different. Um, so I would, if I, if I could choose that all the races were, road races or crits i would probably not choose either like i i like the mix of things um but road races are a lot of fun too i wouldn't want them to go extinct for sure yeah it, it's definitely tough mm -hmm. to there there are a lot of road races that we've done as a team where i've thought i had something and then it's like oh no my gopro died so i got everything up to the end or i turned it on and off at the wrong times so i have you know it's just hard to like there, there's so much stuff and the things that matter are like long and drawn out it's kind of like gravel in that way i think we may be like reaching the the peak gravel content era because you can only do the like i'm eating pancakes for breakfast and like you, there's a lot of like it's hard to tell the story mm -hmm. of the race in a gravel race and like that's what is you can go to the same race year after year and if you can talk about the minutia of the race that's always going to be different but the stuff around it, which is like what a lot of gravel content has been, is often going to be pretty samey. Yeah, but absolutely. I think the same way. Um, Dylan Johnson just did some sort of interview or something where he was talking about how he tries to get content from gravel races, and he just has his camera set on a twenty-second cutoff. So he'll hit the button, records for twenty seconds, done, and like he'll keep doing that. But I was racing a gravel race with him earlier this year. And like saw him hit the button. I was like, oh, well, he's obviously <laughs> attacking into yeah. the section. I was like, that is the most <laughs> modern, weirdest tell I've ever seen in a bike race. Yeah. And right. I, I told him that after, and he was like, I didn't think of it like that. I didn't know anybody yeah. was going to see that. But it's it's funny, and it's, it seems like a good tactic for those longer races. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to go. But the GoPro beep is a little bit of a giveaway. That's It is indeed. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> it is indeed. I, I've heard uh, the vegan cyclist. What is his name? Um, Tyler. 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 Oh, yeah. 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 He um he's kind of said if the guys in gravel had the ability to create content like he creates, it would just be a huge. Like if Keegan could carry that many GoPros, or rather if they like strap GoPros on like they do in the tour, where they could just get like everybody's got a GoPro, so it's equal, and then it comes on at certain intervals, so you get some sort of race footage. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that would be really cool. Although, I'm not entirely sold on racing gravel. I think they're cool rides, but 
Same, I've had yeah. more yeah. dangerous situations in gravel races than crits, which is surprising to me. <laughs> the first, right. the, honestly, some of the sketchiest racing I've ever done is like the neutral section of a gravel race. Mm -hmm. Where everybody's like butting right up to the car and pushing each other into the dirt on the sides of the paved road. And like, it, it's, you can mess that up pretty easy until, until things thin out. It's yeah. pretty hairy. And some of those courses are like, you know, you're going 35 down a, and there's a washout that you can't see. Like that's, I don't know. I, I've seen some yeah. stuff for sure. That's I'm, exactly I'm how I broke my yeah. collarbone. There was just a oh, washout really? and it was like over the bars yeah. at 25 miles an hour, straight to my head yeah. and back. And it's like, well, yeah, there you go. Glad I'm not in the middle of nowhere yeah. in Nebraska. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's, there's like this mutually assured destruction in road racing and crits that everyone kind of signs on to. And I, in gravel, that doesn't exist because you have a lot of folks who did not grow up racing, racing gravel or people. It's like the proving ground. So people are more likely or like more willing to take high level risks because that's where the money is right now. And yeah. it's less, it, it's more, uh, you're more likely to go down, not because you like weren't protecting your front wheel, but because like you just couldn't see something and you were going really fast yeah. and it's like there was just a log on the line that you thought was going to be clean around the corner or whatever, you know, it's like it a little bit more random. So yeah. So unpredictable in, in not a skill based way, but yeah. at the same time, it probably is because Keegan doesn't do that random stuff most of the time. So it's like, yeah. what is he doing that we don't know? Like how does he just must be scouting the courses more or has better skill, but like, I think some of it is that he like trains, he trains if I think, I mean, from what I know, he trains on his mountain bike a ton. So I think some of it is like, he has an innate sense of like, uh, how those roads break down and like how the water, and I don't know if that stuff is even like front of mind, but he's just, if you're doing it all the time, you start to learn like, you know, if the corner is on camber, I'm going to go a little farther outside because the ruts are going to be at the bottom and you start to kind of like know where it's going to be washboardy or whatever and i don't know if that's conscious but it's like it's in it's kind of the same thing as guys who like grow up racing bmx and then they're like insane cross racers when they're 20 because they have all that body english stuff like hard-coded in their brains mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense i had never thought of it that way it's mountain bikes are so much faster and like on gravel you are dealing with those high speed maneuvers whereas like cyclocross you're never going high enough speed to need right. that particular time yeah that's it's a, a different skill set yeah. yeah so i guess the answer is like we all have to do whatever like 25 30 hour weeks on our mountain bikes and that's that's how we get there <laughs> to the keegan level it is a good type of bike i mean i'll 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 buy in i'll ride my mountain bike yeah mountain bike intervals are harder because your power is naturally lower so if I, you're riding true to ftp you're doing a lot more work I've never put a power meter on a mountain bike, but I'm sure it would make me sad in a lot of ways. <laughs> it's it's like 20 to 30 watts lower average. And then if you're like actually doing intervals like on not just a climb, you have to work so much harder to hit your power target. It's ridiculous. That makes me sad just hearing about it. I'm not putting a power meter on my mountain bike. It's not happening. It's, it's soul crushing. Don't do it. No, no. It's, it's like, like cyclocross. Riding. You're like, that was not a lot of power, but uh, 
that was a lot of heartbeats all in that one hour. <laughs> See, I've yeah. never put a power meter on a cross bike for that reason. I know it would bum me out. It does. It does. So are you racing some cross this year? I know you, it looks like you raced a bunch last year or year before last. Yeah, last year was kind of my first year back from COVID doing it. And I learned a lot of like mechanical lessons where I was using like DI2 brakes and the 11-speed DI2 brakes, I didn't know this, but the bladder in them, that like the reservoir bladder, goes bad eventually, and mm. you can't replace them on DI2. But on mechanical, you can. So, okay. Point, point for mechanical. Yeah, eventually they go bad, and then you just don't have brakes 60 minutes in. So like the last three, two laps of cross races, I was like dealing with one brake <laughs> on one bike, and then like, the other brake on the other bike and i also had a single speed pit bike it was like but uh both years i've gotten like a small bit of support from project echelon and then this year we were working with a local team called velocia sport 2 and uh, cade bigmore was actually cade bigmore and zoe were like doing the first part of the cross season so we did like uci cross season in in the u.s is like all condensed and it's already over you know and right belgian cross hasn't even started which is nuts so breaking my collarbone i was pretty much done with cross so now now i can get started again and i did a race last weekend and it went as expected (laughs) having just gotten a collarbone surgery i ended up taking like two shots of fireball in the last three laps of the cross (laughs) race i was like well i'm not getting out of fifth place so might as well have fun with it. There and we go. You can't and, do that in a crit. And the level at the NCCX races is like sneaky high. Like I did a few of those and my God, it's like all, it's people you've never heard of and they're all hitters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Travis Liverman and I were just like going head to head the whole time last year. He would always beat me. I'm like, man, I got to learn this somehow. And then I beat him right. in like one race. It's like sweet. See, you're, you're listing go. all the things this is a good pitch for cross which i'm always i saw you had a video that was like telling everybody to race cross i'm always telling everybody to race cross we're i know we're in the gravel era everybody wants to race gravel but i'm telling you like cross you got your people where you kind of know like even if you're constantly 12th or whatever you have your guys that you're always around that you form those like in-race rivalries with in a way that you can kind of have these like inter-race battles that you don't in other disciplines i feel like which is a big selling point. And there's also the, like, the race doesn't go your way. You have a mechanical. You can take hand-ups, have a fun time, you know, try and tail with the flyover. What, like, you, you can kind of mess around in a way that, like, if you have a bad day in a gravel race, that's, like, a real bad day, you know? Yeah. Like, it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't yeah. become more fun once you have a massive mechanical and you're off the back. It's yeah. It becomes, like, a whatever, five-hour time trial or something. You still have to grind 110 miles out on your own. Exactly. And no yeah. no one's handing you fireball, generally. So, What a bummer. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of ups. There's also just the fact that, like, it's basically forcing you to do really high anaerobic intervals and also skills work at the same time, which I think, like, everyone can benefit from, so... Especially in the off season when you're not going to be doing that normally in training, it's just like you don't have to put a lot of stake in it, but it's going to progress you as a rider for next year in all likelihood yeah. if you don't get burned out on it, because that is the possibility. <laughs> it's, sure, yeah, watch out for that. But yeah, but it, like the burnout thing, 
I feel like we're, we got to reach a point of gravel burnout at some point. Cause those races are so long and like, I, I do two or three gravel races a year and I'm like good on that, but I could do 15 cross races and they're an hour long. Sometimes they're not even the whole day. If they're local, it's like, it's easy. It's easy breezy. You're in and you're out. I mean, even like road racing and crits, you can do, I've probably done 80 races this year with crits, road races and cross. And it's like not a big deal, but I do the 150 mile gravel race in North Carolina. I'm like, I'm going to need a break for a while actually on that one. Yeah. Yeah. And those are, like you said, they're like, they're fun rides and they're, they're worth doing to like get out to some places that are like a cool epic ride or whatever. But like, I just don't know about that being like my main racing. I'm I'm a little skeptical on the like, you know, gravel is the big thing and gravel's got to be your focus. Like that sounds miserable to me. I want to have yeah. fun at gravel races and then go wide open at the local cross races with the same guys I'm, you know, bumping heads with all the time. Yeah. I think yeah, there's a place for for all of them. I yeah, I, I I wish USAC or some governing body would get into gravel and then I would. Well, actually, I guess the race that I broke my collarbone is was USAC. So had, was that you know, gravel? had some event insurance. So that was nice. And there was separated fields. I like that kind of thing, but it'll be gravel nationals. Yeah. Yeah. That was nice. a hard, I, I, yeah, yeah, that was a stacked field. I didn't realize that was where uh, your collarbone thing had happened. Yeah. Like 25 miles in, man. <laughs> oh <laughs> so much race to go. <laughs> Yeah, oh, like I said, that's a rough... See, that happens at the cross race. You just kind of roll under the tape and someone hands you a donut and you, <laughs> someone makes you a sling. <laughs> like, it's, uh, there, there are advantages for sure. There are yeah. indeed. Love it. So, all right. You are Project Echelon. You've been on them for the past two years, right? 22 and 23 seasons? Or uh, longer than that? I think it's three years now. Okay, um, I did like one year of guest riding. I would you I wouldn't have been on the roster, but like I did gotcha. from team camp on with them. It was like gotcha. you're on the council, but you're not a master. That kind of thing. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how did you uh, get linked up with those guys? Because they've kind of been the top stage racing team in the country the past couple of years. Yeah, yeah. So when I got linked up with them, what did they want? So Zach Gregg had just won like Tour of the Southern Highlands. Okay. And I think that was one of their bigger results. They had Zach Nair on, who's a massive e-racer. That dude is a weapon yeah. on an indoor bike. And Zach Nair was on. I, I went to team camp with them in Fayetteville because they're like one of their managers. His name's Joe Carpasasi. He kind of helped run the smart stop team back in the day he's from winston lives down the street from me kind of has been in my life since i got into cycling um yeah one of the things where you just like know somebody and they know somebody and you just show up um cycling kind of works like that but i'm i'm learning getting an actual job works like that in a lot of ways too so <laughs> that yeah. is 100 percent true yeah. yeah you got to know somebody uh mm -hmm. so yeah. that that's kind of how it happened and then i went to johnson city omnium which is uh, it's card, called the Carter, Carter County. County now. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and I did that race and like got in the breakaway with Steven Bassett and the crit and like was in the breakaway for the road race and ended up getting on the podium for the overall, which it's like a kind of a local race, but when human powered health shows or rally at the time shows up yeah. at a local yep. race, it's like, it gives it some credibility. So that was cool. Um, that race, that crit was wild. That was 
so my first weekend with Project Echelon Racing, getting the breakaway in the crit with me, Stephen Bassett, and a guy named Jarrett from First Internet Bank. Mm-hmm. And three laps to go, Jarrett wipes out on the second corner. It's like kind of bumpy. It seems fast, but there's a speed limit. Wipes out in front mm-hmm. of me. I'm second wheel. Go to the inside because usually when somebody wipes out, they collect to the outside. And his face is just right there. So I like tried to jump over his face and i didn't make it all the way so i like oh no hit him in the nose <laughs> sorry jared um I, I saw him later with like he had definitely gotten hit in the nose um uh, and then steven bassett went on the outside did you go down fine. though i did i i did like a, a quick roll and i'd been mm-hmm. racing a lot of cross so i was like ready to get back up yeah. got back up got on my bike and then sent it like they the field hadn't caught me yet i think we only had 30 seconds on the field and once I got to the like next corner or something, Owen shot, who I'm sure you guys know, he's yeah, he's yeah, Coast yeah. Guy. been on Velo yeah. Brew, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He's fast. He he caught me, and then we were just trying to chase Stephen Bassett. We maybe had like ten seconds on the field with two laps to go. He was like, uh, "If you work, you can have second place." I was like, "Deal." I didn't even prompt that, so I'm in. And then he started sprinting mm-hmm. me. Once we came to the line and I'd been working, I was like, yeah, I'm, I guess I have to sprint you for it now. Like I, I wouldn't <laughs> have let me had that either. Um, but yeah. I got second. So that was, that was really nice. neat to accident into a uh, second place in the crit there. But that kind of got nice. me on echelon guest riding for the rest of the year. And then actually on the roster the year following. So that's, that's how yeah. it went. That's awesome. And then over the past couple of years, you've really gone from like, being the guy with a lot of potential and who is really strong to I me mean, this year, like you've turned a lot of heads because you've been like openly acknowledged by the entire community as like one of the most valuable guys to have at the business end of the race. Shit. I'll like, take it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like everyone I talk to is like, Oh, that, that I always knew. Cause like I've raced you in college and like I've known you and like, I was always watching you at like Sonny King. And I was like, that guy, like, he's doing well. Like he's, he's going to be one of the guys soon. And then this year you had like a real breakout year where like, I mean, I think it helped like Cade and Tyler won so many races, but you were like the guy that positioned them. And like, everyone was like that wheel guys like legit. Um, what has been like your progression? Like, have you noticed a linear progression or is it just kind of this year, just being the the guy at the front of the race when it matters? Yeah, I would say up until the beginning of this year, physically, I'd been progressing very linearly, which is super cool to see when you're just like a few more watts every year, like, nice, this is working out. And then at the beginning of the year, we went to Majorca and I did like the best power numbers I'd ever done by probably on my 20 minute, I went up like 10 watts or something. I was like, shit, oh, this is a (laughs) good time, you know? And then did like another 20 watts on my one minute. It's like, ah, oh, we're going to, we're going to be great. And then from there, the whole year, I just like plat, like slight downward trend, you know, like could not hit <laughs> right. any of those numbers. Early, every year. Yeah. I peaked in February, man. And That's this is the first year I've worked with a coach in a very long time. So I didn't really know what to expect, but I was just like following everything. Um, but I think one of the good things that's come out of that is just really capitalizing positioning and energy expenditure um been learning that with echelon for a long time monk helped me out a ton with that when we were racing crits together and i think that's one of the most valuable things about crit racing is 
it's just such a concentrated version of saving energy. Um, and the best crit racers oftentimes are the best energy savers and doing crits, you learn that a lot and you learn a lot of positioning stuff and just being comfortable in those weird situations. Um, and then where to be at the end. And, and I would follow monk around a lot. Um, cause monk knows where to be and he's a hard wheel to follow. I don't know if you've ever, he, dude, monk, he'll do the little like weave thing. He just made up 10 positions. Right. I did not see a hole there. Um, we've so, talked yeah, was... about him this year for sure like he's always there or thereabouts and uh, we've talked a lot about how like we wouldn't see him the whole race and then he just got fifth or something yeah he, it's yeah. it's that thing he's he knows how to find an open lane and kind of get through it he is the king of like wide angle podium on crits i was so stoked to see him win that amateur nas- national championship that dude's He's yeah. had that coming for a long time. Yeah, that was that was he, kind of like the best result for that team this year. I, f- I feel like he, I don't know about saved their season, but ma- made their season to some degree this yeah. year. Yeah, absolutely. I, they, they're, they're, they're such an interesting team because they're all hitters. You know, I, I don't know what's been going on with that team this year, um, but they seem like at the end they are really meshing well together and – yeah, helping each other out. It's been cool, like, hanging out with them this past weekend. They're, they're a lot of cool guys, and, oh, man, I, I feel like the more time I spend with bike racers, I'm just like, oh, I actually want all these guys to succeed, and the Legion ecosystem is kind of that way, where they're, like, they're on different teams and competing with each other, but they're trying to see each other succeed at the same time, which is, like, in races, they're still going to fight each other for wheels, but afterwards, they'll give constructive feedback, which I think is really helpful in cycling. Um, just as community as a whole and growing the sport and keeping guys in instead of the negative mentorship. But yeah, uh, a lot of that on project echelon. I think one of the best things about that Legion ecosystem and it's funny, I've put out a lot of videos, especially recently where I get both people being like, you're, you're not being hard enough on Legion. They should be banned from racing or whatever. I get that. And then I also get people being like, you just hate Legion and everything they do, you're going to talk bad about them. So I feel like if I'm getting both sets of comments, I'm probably like pretty close to on the money. But one of the things I do like give them credit for and they're the whole thing they built is like, they are giving a lot of guys a more state and women, uh, a more stable, a lot of racers, like a more stable, constructive place to race where they don't feel like they're um, fighting each other for the scraps as much. It seems like, and I don't know salaries or anything, but it does seem like there's a big benefit to the sport by like um, a team. Like it seems like more people, the old model, like if you've read uh, Phil Guyman's first book, the old model was like, you get a Francisco Mancebo and you pay him the whole budget. And then you get a bunch of uh, Phil Guyman's for, you know, they get $5,000 in their bike at the end of the season. And it seems like, uh, especially the Legion offshoot, offshoot teams are more like most of the people are getting, they're like decently taken care of and feel like year to year they're going to continue to be. So I think that's probably like a big net positive yeah, for the sport. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, they, they do a good job lately of, of building like characters too. And, and one of the things that the NCL has been talking to me about and one of their goals for this next year is kind of yet to build the character of each of their athletes, which I think is super powerful in the sport where like 
it's hard to know people just from their results or from watching them in races, knowing what they want to do in a race and, and what actually happens um, is very different. Like I want to be able to sprint at the end of a race, but yeah, I'm probably pretty <laughs> worn out by that point. If everything's right. gone right, you know? Uh, <laughs> right. Right. But it's, yeah, it's important. Yeah. It's interesting with like cycling. There's a, there's always been a certain anonymity to it where like, if you want to be a jerk and hide from the public and do whatever you want to do, like you can do that. But the guys who have always been really successful and the teams who have been really successful, like have always been able to create storylines around individual athletes. Like EF isn't necessarily the best on the race course, but they do a really good job of like building each athlete's brand. Right. And I think it's cool to see like NCL being acknowledging that being like, if we want to win some people over, you've got to like put the focus on the athletes and like tell their stories. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's pretty important in the world tour too, especially for American riders where like some, someone, for example, Luke Lamperty, I, I had, I had a conversation. I don't remember if it was with Johnny Brown or Spencer Movenzada this weekend, but like Luke Lamperty, for instance, I don't know all his results and like, I don't really know him that well as a person, but like, yeah, he's such a successful racer in the U S among others that are in the world tour. I just like mm -hmm. wish there was access for us to know who they are. Um, which other other sports like Formula One have a really good way to do that, and even yeah. like football and stuff. But yeah, yeah, and it's, it's definitely tough to be racing at that level and then feel like you also. We talked about this with uh, Chloe Hosking a little bit a couple of weeks ago, but to be like at, at that level and also be your own kind of like social media manager or like producing your own YouTube content and trying to like deal with a world tour schedule like that's a that's a big lift so it's gonna have to be like ncl it's gonna have to be like the team structures that that um acknowledge that that's important and like support the riders and kind of building those narratives yeah yeah i mean nobody else can do it like uh, especially in american cycling where like most of us do have other jobs it's hard to also run a youtube channel ask yeah. me how i know you know yeah, <laughs> yeah right right a lot all at once especially if you want consistency or, or like speed of uploading it's just a lot of late nights yeah, yeah. i've given up on that i get something <laughs> yeah. good when i get something good but yeah right right yeah. i'm not gonna yeah, have everything and then tomorrow and then it says an athlete you need your eight to ten hours of sleep so then it's like you know work your job or whatever and then it's oh i have this like hour and a half block where i can like get some work done and then it's inconsistent so it's it's tough and it's, you know, it's good to see that there's, I, I think it's good to see there's more professionalization and, you know, the teams and realizing that they need that in order to grow and like legitimize the racing that's been legitimate, but not necessarily from a public eye, you know? So that's a good transition though. You, you mentioned NCL. We haven't actually like said this during the show, I don't think, but you're going to an NCL team next year, uh, Miami Knights, right? Indeed. Jumping on the NCL train. Nice. So yes. we, we went to NCL Atlanta and had a good time. It's definitely, we've been following it all year. Um, like with anything, there's a bit of growing pains, but I think the for us, like the biggest uh, shining light was that they were always kind of tweaking and like each iteration we said like, oh, they like fixed this or that issue with the broadcast or they've like changed the format in a way that's made it 
like they updated the points format a couple of times during the season and i thought all the changes were good so still not like perfect but it's you know it it showing the willingness to like make changes and and kind of reevaluate every time i mean that's how cycling that's how you get good at cycling as well so that atlanta race was probably the most exciting bike race i've watched this year certainly the most unconventional race yeah Yeah. very unconventional so unpredictable but in like a that makes sense why that happened kind of way yeah totally yeah yeah because we were talking about it with like the fount and ccb girls like going off the front and we were like well it doesn't make sense for either of these teams to chase that so of course they're going to go off the front and then that puts the onus on you know these smaller teams with less points but they're not strong enough to drive the pace or, you know, they're not motivated because they know they'll just get swallowed by Denver or Miami at the right. end of it. And there's these really interesting dynamics with that going on the whole time, which was exciting. I think, yeah, yeah. just to, to have a point system set up with like consistency, hopefully next year they have it tuned in yeah. and like consistent across the whole series. But um, that, that can just, yeah, add to such, such cool racing. Whereas normal cycling, it's like, Imagine if you had a football game and you just like let a few streakers on and just let them do whatever <laughs> they wanted to. And that's like a usual bike race. Like you don't know what that guy's going to do, but it's probably something, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like yeah. it could be dangerous. <laughs> you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So and you, I don't know what you can or can't talk about, but do you have any details about like, are we getting more NCL races next year? Do you know any, any cities it's going to or. I have no real Nothing. idea um i yeah i don't it's kind of like what race would know like it what series yeah. do, does the acc know all their races or like the full schedule next year i think it's kind of right. that idea where like they are race promoters still and like they are running a team still so i wouldn't know anything on echelon for next year either like sure yeah, the acc doesn't know but i i think their plan right now is to stick with those three and possible additions but that's speculation on my on my part, probably, probably as cool. much as you could speculate. Um, yeah, I, yeah. The the fact that they're having those races and hopefully building on them is is cool for me. I I would love to race that Atlanta course, um, or even the Miami course seemed like a lot of fun too. Yeah, yeah the Atlanta course was really cool. It, I, I love those uh, race car track courses that are really yeah. grippy, but they have like one eighties and stuff. Like that's my favorite local crit was a drag strip. They don't do it anymore, but it was in Huntsville, Alabama. And you went out the drag strip and then you did a 180 into the pit row. But it was like from all the burned up uh, dragster tires, the surface was like the grippiest surface. Like you could rail those 180s, like leaned all the way over. It was so fun. But a car track just, I don't know, it can be different. Different racing is fun. Yeah, yeah. It really is. I car car track racing, like go kart track racing, is so weird. It's a uh, it's a good mix up. Yeah. yeah, that's been a theme of this uh, show, I guess. Is like there's some value in mixing it up, and I think maybe people take the like my my gravel takes as like naysaying or whatever. But I'm not naysaying. I got, I guess I'm just afraid of gravel swallowing everything else. I want to maintain some. Uh, ability to kind of like diversify and do different things you know and see all of these disciplines flourish yeah i think gravel you can kind of look at similarly to like e-racing you know where i don't think people realize how huge e-racing is for 
cycling like that mm-hmm. there's actual money there and there's a huge amount of fans and like i don't know enough about it to tell you who the big players are like i i erased for two years and i don't know who's in it now you know um and they changed the rules it's like swift yeah. is moving to like a mario kart thing now where you have power-ups and like obstacles to avoid i i think gravel can be like that where like we don't have to know everything about gravel racing and they don't have to know everything about us but for different disciplines they can have you know different fan bases and sure. can cross over and they yeah. can all thrive pretty well i think Any, anything that's like bringing new people in i've definitely met so this channel basically started in 2020 i was like all tuned up and ready to rip for um hammer birmingham Hammerfest would that was still an acc or usa crits at the time race and uh that was the day that everything shut down and like then everything was done so i had avoided zwift like the plague and um and was for i was like i got all this fitness i'm gonna do something with it so i ended up doing like the project echelon stuff that they did and kind of got plugged in but this youtube channel basically started as like um, I guess some people are listening as a podcast. This is also on my YouTube channel, but the YouTube channel started as me being like, I've raced in real life for, I don't know, almost 10 years now. And I'm trying to figure out how like translate that to Zwift. And it's a different skill set and different people and different, whatever, different platforms, even, you know, the RGT as well at the time, which RIP it's about to be done, but <laughs> yeah. So sad. Um, yeah. RIP. I had some good times on there. Did you do any of the Project Echelon stuff? That was actually a I question I had. So many of them. I did. I guess like I raced two you full on seasons. Yeah, you yeah, did. I, I did a... I'm remembering it now for sure. Okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, like I remember when I saw Steven Vogel take that win at um, uh, Armed Forces Cycling Classic. I was like, oh yeah, I remember that guy from Echelon Racing League, and it made yeah. me feel better about getting spanked by those guys to be like, okay, he was like really that strong. Like, yeah, there's always that question in e racing is like, are those real power numbers or like what am I seeing? But I think especially with the Echelon League, like time has shown, and and like the quality of the guys they got in there, like everyone was very legit and good competition. Nera's yeah, still the, the verifications sure. that they made you do on that, where you like weighed yourself and then like calibrated yeah. scales and calibrated everything. I mean, to cheat that would actually be harder than to just normally cheat, like they did back in the Lance days. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely interesting, and it's like another avenue that I enjoy from time to time still, and like hope hope to I, I do think it brings a lot of people in though like because i started in that world like i've had people come up to me at real life races and been like yeah i started doing zwift like when you did and that's how i know who you are and now i'm here racing in real life so that's become like a new pathway in for people if we and can I'll... tap go ahead go ahead no you go ahead if we could tap into the peloton bikers of the world to get them out to like crits yeah I, yeah there'd be millions of fans but like just the amount of money that peloton instructors make is wild i don't know if you've ever looked at that but it is I have it's not. a good time it you should look <laughs> it up i i don't have any numbers for you right now but it, it's more money than you think it is <laughs> i have a lot of friends who are not cycling people who do have pelotons and like occasionally i'll get one of those texts from someone that like 
you kind of know that's not a cyclist and it's like hey what kind of pedals should i get and you're like what and they're like buying spds for their peloton or whatever yep i, I yeah. get a lot so of those. uh so i looked it up because i was curious half a million dollars a year yeah. <laughs> for peloton that's insane that is insane Oh so there's gosh, more money for... in Peloton than in uh, yeah. pro crit racing, probably. Just just for like By being attractive and doing online workouts all day, half a million dollars. It's not not a bad, not a bad gig. gig. Not a bad gig at all. <laughs> you have to be like a professional influencer at that point, though. Like you have to be, yeah, a personality. Yeah, I think the demands are more um, like mental and uh, like branding and and being able to have that like public facing persona than um than physical but yeah i don't know i don't know what's harder um we're coming up on an hour here is there anything we haven't covered that you want to get to i feel like we've been all over the map we have been all over the map yeah I... but it's great i i love it yeah <laughs> no i i wanted to like say that y'all's coverage of of almost everything has been surprisingly accurate like every time I Thank listen you. to Thank stuff, you, yeah. I'm like, "Wow, that's a, how did you guys know that?" It it must be a lot of watching bike racing, and you guys have been in it for a long time, so keep it up. It has been, yeah, it's been like surprising. Good job. Thank you. I'm I'm gonna <laughs> clip you. that and just share it every time someone comments. When yeah. We get these comments. <laughs> there are a lot of uh, you know, people being like. Oh, you don't know Ben Davidson? He won the the Ohio Grand Fondo twice. Like, yeah, sorry, man. I don't. I, you know, I try try to keep up as much as I can, but I can't know every every possible person or people just saying like, "You're an idiot. No one should attack Legion at the beginning of the race." Because, well, you know, we get. I mean, that's just the internet, though. But I'm gonna start referring them to uh to that quote. <laughs> that from you. Yeah, you it have really my is. Permission. I'm not sure what weight that is gonna hold with uh, internet trolls, but. You got it. Like guy, guy who's in the races and has been on the winningest team of the year, like says we're right. There we yeah. go. That that's another big component of it is people being like, "Well, you're not a pro, so you're not allowed to have an opinion." It's like, all right. I, I feel like that is why. Like that's kind of how this show started. Is Ben and I, in a lot of ways, like we have these in depth conversations all the time, mm -hmm. and eventually we were like, we should, you know, do this on my YouTube channel, but. It, for me it's a lot of like i am not that good but i'm at this level where like at a local race i am racing with you know it's a pro one too so you get the guys who are in athens who are super strong like there are these little pockets so i have like this little window into that world but i'm not actually good i think the guys that are like genetically gifted really good racers or like raced uh bmx and have those skills like hardwired into their brain like i didn't start racing until i was 23 or something so i didn't have any of that like natural uh skill stuff i had to like consciously figure it all out and still have to consciously think about like you know i'm in this race and we're going faster than i ever go how do i not die like i'm doing the wednesday night race in nashville and johnny brown is pulling and jeremiah stoller is with him like i it's like i gotta watch them intently and like be super zoned in to like you know figure out what's going on and figure out what i can do so i trying to like bring that thought process to it but i think a lot it's of those hard. guys like 
Johnny maybe he just has the watts to like if he just wants to smash he can smash he doesn't have to think as much as I do it's 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 like that with I think all the guys in the pro circuit like you come back to your amateur races and everybody's like looking at you to smash and like it may not look hard when we do it but like we actually usually have <laughs> yeah. to go really hard to win those races just like because yeah. everybody's looking at us which yeah it's, is it's cool it's hard privilege. to race yeah when everyone's racing negative against you that is definitely the hardest way to win um but yeah <laughs> I, johnny the the race specifically that i'm thinking about right now uh johnny lapped the field so it didn't matter how much i was looking i had right. made the same mistake following uh cory lockwood a uh, year before i followed him like from the gun got half a lap up on the field and then his di2 battery died so then I, I don't need to be solo a lap up. Like I can, I can take a 15 second pull every other lap for Corey and, and keep us away. But so I was like, all right, today I'm not going to do that. I'm going to chill. And from the gun, Johnny goes and Stoller goes and they lap up. And you know, that was the ball game. It is. Races are cool because regardless of the course, you can specifically crits stuff can happen like that. Like, I got third at Winston-Salem Classic, and it was because I got a call-up because I live here, and then I just clipped in and attacked immediately and brought, like, the right two guys with me who had the biggest team. So it was like, of course yeah. we're going to stay away for the entire race. Um, yeah. But nobody was expecting that. And then right. this year I tried the same thing, and everybody was expecting it. So, <laughs> you know, it's like it's going to change every time you do that race. Having a firm plan is not always going to be the best way to go for sure um, yeah but that's I, what i love about racing though like it's it is there are a lot of different things that can happen and and there's no one way to do it and like it's it's fitness but there's also the tactical and skills component the fact that it's so complicated makes it very addictive both as a fan and like to do it yeah yeah i think the thing that i've been trying to do with the youtube thing that like i didn't quite see in a lot of the media that we have in the u.s is like giving giving voice to what's going on in the race without being partial to things so like saying this happened without casting shade on whoever did it it's like this is a racing almost all of it is racing incidents like yeah it may look like there's emotion involved most of the time but usually it isn't like you're just racing hard and then all of a sudden something happens and then there's like a response and like most of us in the field are not enemies with each other which it's it's like fun to put that twist on it like yeah we are in the race inherently fighting against each other but like outside of the race we're we're buds you know like we we probably all know each other and kind of know what they're gonna do and when we're complaining at each other it's usually because we're buds you know (laughs) yeah yeah that's the thing like in a race i've never had like an emotion other than i need to go harder like so when people, like, it's always a racing incident. And like, when someone crashes, you kind of look and you're like, oh, <laughs> sorry. And like, you keep, you keep going because you're going 35 miles an hour. And I think a lot of folks who don't race a lot, like they may do their local crit or they don't race at all. They're just fans don't realize that a lot of the things that are happening are like just reactions of reactions of reactions of reactions. And there's not that much intent behind a single decision being made everybody's on the limit and you can make some bad decisions when you're on the limit and the the beginning categories you'll go watch like american crit on youtube and you're like yeah american crit like i'm just gonna beat my head against the wall and like 
there is that aspect sometimes, but like for you to be yelling at people in, you know, your first race, tone it down, learn, learn a little bit, you know, there's two sides to that. So for sure. I, I, yeah. I, I appreciate I, what, we, what you guys do with that because, like, we are humans. We're on bikes, but we're still humans. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Yeah, we're definitely yeah. trying to like uh, shed light on some more of the the personalities and the the intricacies, and I, that's a perfect like place to to end it because I wanted to close it on again the note of like everybody should go um, check out your YouTube channel if you want to get deep into the minutia of like what's going on on those final laps it's definitely been a good resource for us as we've been trying to follow along this season even a lot of the races that have a live stream it's like great to see your perspective because a lot of times on the live stream we're missing things that are happening you know 10 wheels 15 wheels back but those are actually affecting the race you know you're seeing someone get in position a crash that didn't get caught on the camera like whatever it is there's a lot of uh important stuff that you're highlighting and I would encourage people who want to like learn about it. Your channel is one of the best places to do that. So everybody go check it out. Thanks. So before we close out, where can people find you? Um, and like, is there anything you want to shout out? Oh, um, yeah. Got Instagram, got all the social medias, except for TikTok Cause I, I don't get it yet, but, um, we're, we're all close to our thirties and like dudes. So of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I've I've got no real shout outs. Be goofy to each other. Be kind. But that's uh that's all I got. Awesome. Well, right. thanks for coming on. Appreciate yeah. having you. Thank you. And both. uh hope to see you out there on the NCL circuit next year. I'll be there. Yep. Awesome. Cool. Thanks. See you guys later. Appreciate it. Peace. Bye.